Hey ladies, it's your favorite dating coach here. Do these titles sound familiar at all? Uh, what to do until love finds you. Secrets of an irresistible woman. What are the three biggest mistakes women make in relationships? <laughs> hey, what's up ladies? So today I'm gonna show you guys 10 ways to make a guy weak for you. So how do you become a high value woman that men will never want to leave? You're smart, you're sexy, you're confident, and you still make mistakes. It's all good. Coming up, a year and a half ago, she says she was fat, broken, miserable. Now she's happier than ever. How'd she do it? What is the deal with the trepidation and apprehension and tiptoeing around when to text your guy? Ladies, you have sex. You had sex. You had sex. Text them if you want to text them. Call them if you want to call them. I don't get it. This is what I don't understand about today's modern woman. Please, people. Okay, so this week we are so excited because we have a guest. Delia, tell the listeners who our guest is. Our guest is none other than Lisa the Love Coach. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Hi, so great to be with you, ladies. We're You're the whole reason why we're doing a show. We're going to have industry. so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> so you reached out on Instagram. I guess you found us. You asked yes. if you could come on, and we were thrilled to say yes. A, because I love someone else was a, listening to the show. <laughs> besides my mom. Exactly, besides Kate. You never know. You never know who sees your content. Never know. <laughs> it's very true. No, it's definitely growing. I told Delia, I followed this woman. She's a female director. She directs uh, porn for women. And I followed her, and our listeners have grown by about 10% just in the last, I don't know, three days. That's good. So, yeah, I said, I think we're on to that. We now we know our demographic. <laughs> So welcome. So I guess let's start by you just telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do and, and how you came to be a love coach. Okay. Well, I'm Lisa Concepcion, and I became a love coach after my own journey with divorce of my college sweetheart. And it was devastating to me because I never thought we would ever be apart. We were together since we were 20 years old. And it was just crazy how our lives took this turn and awful, awful, but we ended up finding ourselves just divorced. And now it's funny because we're four years after getting divorced and we had lunch a couple of weeks ago and we were like, how did this happen exactly? Like we were just so shell-shocked by it. Mm -hmm. But that's what happens when, you know, you marry when you're really young. I was 27, he was 28. And we had all these ideas of what we were supposed to be like. And then, you know, we kind of go off in our little journey of life and we realized that we didn't really have time in our 20s to figure out who we were and figure out what we liked and what we wanted to be like and all these different things and then you know it's just sad because you know we still very much care for each other and love each other but it's just like this whole journey took us on this different path and ended up relocating leaving everything I knew that was familiar and comfortable and decided I wanted to live at the beach and I had this whole other career in public relations and marketing and I moved down here thinking 
that career would translate here, but I guess I was called to do something else, <laughs> something well, very yeah, different. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so, and uh, yeah, so we got divorced in 2015, and shortly after that, I, uh, I had a relationship, like a rebound relationship with a narcissist, like a very sociopathic narcissist who really psycho, like basically vilified his ex-girlfriend, made me side up with him and then meanwhile everything he was saying about the girlfriend he was actually describing himself and like Mm. what he did to her and it never added up and then yeah yeah, it was wild and then after that I I felt so unsafe like all of my New York you know ability to detect BS went out the window because I just felt so unsafe like I had no idea of how to judge my you know, be a good judge of character anymore. And so I was like, oh my God, like any guy can just come up on me and BS me because there's something so empty in me that I'm looking to just anyone else outside of me to fill up. Mm -hmm. So I went on my own healing journey and I took it to social media. I was 44 years old at the time and I decided I am going to do a post-divorce detox for 90 days I was going to document all 90 days on social media. And as day in, day out started happening, I did videos. I was posting stuff. I was very transparent and authentic in my healing journey. And people took to it. And they started to inbox me and share their stuff with me and then I started to feel kind of responsible I'm like oh my goodness I have to <laughs> like, these people now are these ask- people need leadership I know I'm like these people are asking me for advice I'm the hottest mess there is like what are you kidding me <laughs> right so yeah but their stories were so real and I just felt like a connection to that and I felt like called to just help and and I figured okay I have to go about this with you know responsive very responsibly and I decided to investigate coaching, did some research on that and, and, and where to go to learn how to do it the right way. And then I learned that there were all these accreditations and third body governing practices of coaching, the International Coaching Federation. And I went to their website and then I kind of found the, the trail of like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I, wanna, I want like the Harvard, Princeton, Yale of coaching accreditations because there were so many. So I said, okay, let me find one that's like the real legit thing. And um, I found um, IPEC, the Institute of Professional Excellence in Coaching. It was really neat. It was a year of my life really focusing and getting very immersed in the coaching process. I was coached by master coaches and I got to coach them, which was exciting, but crazy nerve-wracking at the same time. <laughs> but then when I had my final accreditation um, process, I made the master coach cry. Like I asked her these nice. questions and I know. And I, I was like, oh my goodness. I heard silence and then quiet and then a sniffle. And she said, <laughs> she said, oh my God, I've never thought of it that way before. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. She's like, you're going to make for a great coach. I'm like, I'm sorry I made you cry. <laughs> She's like, no, that's part of it. You're fine. You're fine. So Lo and behold, become a coach. I've been coaching since 2015, but like, you know, accredited since 2017. And since then, oh, it's been lovely. I've I've helped couples save marriages. I've helped other couples realize that they were best apart and then how best to co-parent. So, and also people learning how to date strategically with power and purpose. 
helped a bunch of people oh. leave narcissistic toxic relationships and be their support nice. system through that, which you definitely need because it's something hard to do on your own. And yeah, and just creating content and putting stuff out there to help the people. And like you, lovelies, you don't know who's here and you when. And sometimes, you know, you cross paths, you see other fellow coaches and motivators and people like you trying to put good words and positive content out there. And then you you match up and then great things happen. Yeah, that's amazing. Just a little bit of background. Delia and I have known each other since college and sharing our relationship woes for a good, what, I don't know, almost 20 years now, almost. Yep, almost two decades. And Mm -hmm. we wanted to do something about it instead of just keep complaining to each other. And we've gone through relationships together and all of it. So I lost my mother three years ago, and then I ended a seven-year relationship after that. And I started listening to all these books because I had to start dating again. Well, I didn't have to. I chose to start dating again. (laughs) And it was dismal. Like initially it was because when I had left the dating pool, there was no Bumble, no Tinder, no, like that wasn't even a thing. Right. Yeah. So it's been overwhelming. So I went to Delia and I'm like, why don't we start reviewing these books? Because some of the information is great and some of it is atrocious. I just was appalled at some of the <laughs> right. advice. Especially now in the, yeah. I mean, now you have like the world of Amazon where anyone can just write a book and put it up in a weekend and yes. hire someone from Fiverr to make a fun graphic and it looks like an actual book, but it's kind of not. <laughs> right. And that was where, that was kind of our thing was like the, some of these people were doing research and some of these people are... You know, they have no no qualifications whatsoever. And something that Delia said once was that the advice was, when it's bad advice, it's toxic to single women because women who, you know, they come to this problem, women and men, but they come to the process trying to find answers and trying to get some kind of information that, that will work for them. And then they're doing these they're actually doing this advice that's horrible. So we just really wanted to unpack that. And we kind of started the season off with the history of dating. And then we just worked from there. And cool. it's it's been awesome. It's been a journey. We, we have, right now, we have a very small listener base. But we're building. And we, we know that we needed to get our first full season out there in order for it to really take off mm-hmm. so well I love it I love like I'm original gangsta I love it <laughs> I'm like are. the OG guest You're the OG I'm an OG I, guest I love it I went through your Instagram uh, and what is your Instagram mm. address again I don't have it right in front of me it's at Lisa the love coach you say all the things that I agree with, <laughs> with, with oh my goodness we love that yeah, because that. I'm telling you, like, some of this advice of some of these people writing this, these books and they're putting it out there and it's it's awful. So I was just really impressed. I felt like you really speak to the times and you speak to modern women. And it's just, it's I think it's lacking in anybody can just say anything and call it advice. And, mm. and then they put it, they slap a disclaimer on it and say, well, I'm not technically a qualified to say it. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah, I mean, I I always felt like there was such a responsibility. Because, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm all about wisdom. Like, everybody has their journey. People learn a bunch of stuff just based on the things that they've overcome in their own lives, right? So there is validity to that, and, and it's meaningful. However, 
there's a responsibility that comes with that also. So, you know, whenever I'm putting content out there, I'm always like, listen, I'm just going to give it to you straight. This is my opinion and my own journey and what I hear from women, what I hear from men. And I talk to a bunch of people. I'm very active on online. Ultimately, you know best in your heart what calls at you, what's the right thing to do. Like if I was going to say to somebody, definitely go on Bumble. Bumble's where it's at. I'd be like, what are you kidding me? That's not how you coach. You have to say to somebody like, are you called to go on on Bumble? Like, do you feel it in the pit of your, go- of your gut? Like, let's try this. It could be fun. And if anything, I always encourage people to like do whatever they feel called to do. Do whatever feels adventurous or curious or if they have an innate curiosity about it. But if they feel pressure, stress, any negative emotion about it, it's probably not going to result in anything favorable. So a lot of the work I do is very energy driven. It's rooted in law of attraction. I've done, wow, probably like almost 5,000 hours of training in law of attraction. And um, yeah, I'm really into the books and Abraham Hicks and I've gone to several workshops and manifested a bunch of fun stuff in my own love life. So I, I really believe that there's a lot to be said about the energy that we bring to anything we do, you know, whether it's an online dating app, whether it's an online dating website, even social media, even the world, you go out in the world. If you think, you know, oh, I'm going out in the world, I'm going to go run some errands and oh, I can't meet anyone, nobody's good anywhere, versus somebody who's like, dude, I'm going to put on some lip gloss because, hey, I could be buying shaving cream at CVS and I could meet my husband. Like, it could be that. (laughs) So you got to go out with, like, an open heart, open mind, like, gloss it up, buttercup. He can be anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I'm putting that on a T-shirt, Lisa. (laughs) You think? I would wear that on a T-shirt for sure. A tank top. (laughs) hilarious no but for real like people have to really get um you know open and and ready to receive and that's when the universe lines things up when you least expect it and you're just kind of like whoa I was just walking the dog I didn't even have makeup on like I I took like a shot of you know mouthwash and I was just (laughs) out in my life living my life you know what I mean I've heard stories like this you know and I always ask the women like when you met your guy, it's always the same story. It's like, I wasn't even waiting. I wasn't even looking. I didn't even know. We, he, in fact, I didn't even like him at first. It was very like, <laughs> I didn't even know. And then it ends up being like love of their life together, tw- 20 years with babies, the whole thing. So, I mean, it really is a thing when you feel that connection to yourself and you feel almost divinely guided to go to that party to make that phone call, to meet the friends out on that particular night, or even just go by yourself. Like in the, I had a client, this is a story, oh my God, it'll give everybody hope. I had a client who was very, very resistant. She she went through like a breakup. It was the residual falling out of the breakup. It was ending the breakup. And she started coaching with me because she was heartbroken, what have you. So she coached with me for three months and then she re-upped again for another three months because she liked it so much and she was like, okay, now I did the breakup detox. Now I want to do the like date with purpose and get myself out there again. Mm-hmm. So we start to do this process. You know, it was really, it was a good journey for her because she really had to like pack up that ex, get her energy clear, heal, and then when she felt ready to like put herself out there again. So we're probably like on the fifth month of coaching together and she decides out of nowhere she had this craving 
for like Haagen-Dazs, I forget what flavor, but whatever. She just had a craving. And she lived walking distance from a Haagen-Dazs in, in New York. And she goes to the Haagen-Dazs in her sweats and her fuzzy sweatshirt, the whole thing. Like off the couch to Haagen-Dazs, 15 minutes, I'm getting a cone. Like this was her life, right? She was in that head. She goes into the Haagen-Dazs and there are two guys there. And one of them ends up being her guy. They start chatting and they commented about her, her fuzzy slippers. And mm-hmm. she was like, yeah, like do- doesn't everybody wear fuzzy tiger feet slippers when they walk around New York City in January? Like, or is that just me? <laughs> so he thought it was like really charming and cute and whatever. And because of the work I was doing with her, she was like, oh my God, like in the back of her head, she's vibing like, oh my God, is this it? Is this it? Like I meet the guy with the fuzzy, am I that girl? Who has that story to tell? So she was just, you know, charming, eating the cone and whatever. And the guy asks for her number. So she puts herself in his phone as Fuzzy Feet. Nice. <laughs> Which was hilarious to me. So she puts Fuzzy fuzzy Feet Julie in, in his thing. So anyway, he texts her. They're texting. Two days later, they're on a date. She's just loving life, all happy week later date again after that so the whole thing just like smoothly worked and then she was like okay what do I say like here's the text what do I do and we're going back and forth and I'm helping her with texting and flirting on the text to get and I said look you met him in person she's like Lisa I met him in person yeah with fuzzy feet dude like how (laughs) do I like now he's gonna see me first date and I'm gonna be dressed up and it's like a big thing but they had a lovely time and, um, you know, they they hit it off and they've been seeing each other ever since. And so this whole thing of like you have to have this whole complicated thing go down in your life in order to attract, you know, the guy or the girl isn't really true. It's just she was in a high flying place with no connection to the outcome whatsoever. Her outcome was haagen ice cream, not a guy. So because she was so detached from the outcome, she just had this open high vibe energy and she's sitting there licking the cone, loving the life, and the guy's laughing at her shoes. And she's like, you know, she cracked a joke at herself. And he thought she was so cute. He's like, I just found her so charming and so cute and so confident that she could, like, put a number in a guy's phone and walk out with her fuzzy feet two blocks to her apartment. <laughs> and, like, it was just so cute to him. So, yeah, so that's the thing. Like, just be who you are. Revel in your solitude. When you feel called to go somewhere, even if it's for ice cream in the middle of January, go. Like, you know, PMS can be your best friend. <laughs> she was full on. <laughs> she was I full on ice cream PMS-ing. in January. Who wants January man. ice cream? She's like, Lisa, honestly, it was a PMS attack. You know, but she heeded the call. She answered the call. She's like, good thing for PMS. Yeah, that's that's definitely been a running theme in the book. So Delia is also a life coach and she's constantly reminding me because I kind of tend toward the negative when it comes to dating. Just a little bit, just a, just a, little a touch, bit. just a touch. And yeah, she's reminding me like, girl, if you I just went on a date last week and I was like, well, we'll see how it goes. And she's like, you can enjoy this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're allowed to go and have a good time and, and even it if might... it doesn't result in marriage like it's totally fine to just enjoy yourself yeah you're just gonna evening. hang you're just, you're just hanging with another human yeah but I needed that reminder because I literally was like oh, alright well let's get this over with 
which is probably not the best mindset to have. Um. Yeah, yeah. You definitely want to um, shift into, um, let's see, there's the emotional scale, right? This is a really neat tool. You can find it on Google. Just Google the emotional scale. And it's this cool little rainbow chart of varying emotions from low vibe to the most highest vibe, which is, of course, joy and love, lowest being hopelessness, depression. And there are all these emotions in between. And you can pretty much look at it and determine where you are most dominantly in in life, and especially in a certain category of life. So you can say, okay, when it comes to dating and relationships, like where do I, where does my thought go mostly for describing myself emotionally? And, you know, there are emotions on there that's, you know, despair, hopelessness, then you get into anger. So like despair is like, ugh, dating is awful. There's nobody out there. Nobody likes me. And then the next level up is, right, and that's like low, low, low (laughs) vibe, right? That's the lowest vibe you could be at. And then the next vibe is anger, which is another notch up. You're actually higher vibe at anger. Anger is, you know, ugh. These people, they don't know how to be on dates. It's ridiculous. Doesn't anybody have any kind of conversational skills anymore? Oh, my God. So that's anger. Then you go up a notch and then you start to get like jealous, right? So jealousy is the notch up from that where it's you see these two people holding hands and you're walking down the street and you're like, see, she could find somebody. Why can't I find somebody? Lucky for her. What about me? Jealous, jealous, right? Then you go up and up and up until until you start to get a little optimistic. So and you're far, like, I'm definitely huh. on the monkey bars at the lower end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. My oh my God, you're so funny. One end and my hand is grasping toward. I'm just yeah, you're like the, the, the Tarzan swing. The <laughs> Tarzan right. swing. And I can't quite get the But hey, like swap. I always say to my clients, <laughs> awareness is the first step to shifting. The first mm-hmm. thing to do yeah. is identify where you are. And from there, you can shift. At least you have awareness where you're like, yeah, I'm teetering in like the in the lower vibe. So, you know, you can't attract a high vibe experience from a low vibe energy. So we want to try to get you into a place of, at the very least, like optimism or curiosity is a good one. You don't have to be optimistic, but you could be curious. Curiosity is a great emotion to be at. It's a yeah. fun one because you're because you're not going to like if you're so in low vibe and you're just like dating is a disaster. I hate it. You can't you can't go up flying to joy. It's not like a trampoline. You can't go like flying and up you go. It doesn't work like that. You no, need to like really be time. where you are. Right. You got to like be where yeah. you are. Give yourself a break and then think your way into curiosity. That's a little more realistic. Mm-hmm. You know, so you get the bumble guy. And you banter back and forth a little and he seems somewhat normal. So now you go like, wow, that's kind of optimistic. Like finally someone who can banter with me. That's kind of cool. And then it's, oh, and we set a date. This should be fun. Okay, let's see what goes on here. I'm curious to see what happens. So like a place of I'm curious to see what happens is like you could deal with that a little bit. Not, oh, this guy is going to be the one. That's like yeah, crazy. You, That's crazy. You can't people. trick the vibration. Cannot so you trick have to the vibe. Be where you are, and then yes. gradually, kind of authentically, mm-hmm. move up. Yeah, yeah. So you could also make it about the food. You can make it about things completely unrelated to the date. 
You could be like, oh my God, we're going to this sushi place. I've been dying to try this place for three months. I'm so excited that we're going. That brings me joy. Oh, it brings me <laughs> joy. I'm going to eat the miso soup. Oh, I can't wait. And the and the crispy rice with the tuna. It's going to be amazing. And then you just high vibe off the food and put the guy over there on the side. Lisa, then, I can you know, high vibe off some food. I can so high vibe off some food. Are you serious? I love it. I love it. In fact, that was like one of the higher points of dating is the food. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that would be even like say. the. I mean, you could use it as research too, because now you have this wonderful podcast, and you could attach the reconnaissance work that you do to the to the service of the people. I feel like though, I don't know if. Well, Delia's in Vegas, and I'm in San Diego. So Southern California okay. dating, I think, is a different beast than any other land <laughs> just because so everyone says that about their <laughs> land well, everybody says that I'm not kidding you really? I spoke to a woman in Alaska I coached I coached a woman in Alaska Alaska for uh, I coached her for like what was it? she went two months okay yeah I think it was one month or two months I forget it was like a year and a half ago Alaska like you could go out and like trip and fall on a guy. That's all there is there. It's yeah, fish. What's the ratio? It's, it's crazy. Like it's like twenty five to one. Yes, or something? it's crazy. It's like eight oh. men to one woman. Crazy. Oh. Like you go <laughs> I was out. Her much and, better odds. <laughs> are you kidding? Oh my god! It's like you fish, you shovel snow, and you you know there's men meet everywhere. Meet dudes and meet dudes <laughs> yeah. everywhere. But she said the same. She's like, yeah, one would think, but they're all like. They're just hibernation. It's all they want to do. And they, they're just all about the outdoors. And they don't even want women around. I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, I mean, I mean, it's cold there a lot. You got to snuggle with somebody. And they're like, yep, it's really dark. <laughs> Everybody's depressed. So, anywho, she, same thing. Hard to date in Alaska. Can't date in Alaska. Terrible. Horrible. You know, I'm like, really? With the with the with the sky, with the cloud, with the with the snow and the beautiful snow caps and the mountains and the and the beautiful stars that shoot in the sky, like with guys everywhere? Yep, can't date in Alaska. It's terrible. I'm like, girl, we gotta get you sorted out. And it turned out that she had a past person that she didn't really get over. So she was saying all these things about guys in Alaska because she deep down wasn't over the other one and she felt hurt by him and was afraid to get hurt again. So she put this vibe, this like wall up of energy, it's like in the form of energy. So when she went out, I'm like, yeah, don't tell me that there aren't men everywhere. You're just like the protector shield of, you know, the cove of snow of snow and, and ice. Right. <laughs> Trying to avoid so, yeah. actually being open to it in the first yeah. place. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, so, no sunny San Diego, like. you know, people people find love everywhere or they don't. It, yeah. it Geography doesn't matter. Okay. Well, but tell me, what is, what do you, then. what, no, but I mean, according to your perception, though, because you have every right to your perception, it's your experience. What has your experience been in San Diego dating? Like, what are the men like? My experience has been, A, that when I leave San Diego, I get way more interest and attention. B, a lot of the men that are kind of native Southern California men, they're not, they don't like to date. They want to go maybe on one date and then to bed. And then that's, that's oh your, that's what I've experienced. Now, when I have met guys on the apps from other places, and I think Delia can attest to this too, that aren't from here, they're more likely to take me out to dinner, court me, mm. uh, you know, things like that. But the guys that are from here are 
in my experience, and and I'm and I am very well aware that I draw this energy too. But they're claustrophobic. Yeah. You know, they don't want to. I have this joke of like, well, if I could just meet a guy that would want to be seen in public with me, that would be because it just wow. Like so, so they're like. So they're, they, I mean, it sounds like they, your experience has been like very lazy. There's like a laziness. Yes. 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 Mm. Absolutely. So Delia's in Vegas. She's got men from all over the world there. So. Oh yeah. Vegas is, oh, yeah. Vegas is like, oh my goodness. It's, it, you got international situations happening in Vegas. But the thing is like what happens in Vegas never stays in Vegas. It's the biggest lie. <laughs> That is a true I could joke about this now. <laughs> it is lies. You're like in retrospect. But yeah. um but I mean at least it's kind of close if you meet somebody there and then but they have to be from there so then you could do San Diego to Vegas like long distance ish type of stuff. I I don't know. I've met people all from all over the world and all walks of life and it really has always depended on my own what I'm putting out there. 100% so it's like I kind of can tell, like, the people I'm attracting, it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I should probably sure. clean it up a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I always say to people, I mean, Delia, I'm sure you do too as coach. It's the, the greatest question. I've asked it of myself. I do all the time in business, right? I say, what is it in me that is attracting this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and there's this lovely – I've done – I've done some um, some work with the great teachings of uh, Dr. Joe Vitale mm-hmm. and, and Dr. Hugh Len, who do the Ho'oponopono, the classic yep. prayer oh. of Hawaii. I love Hawaii. Love that whole vibe. Want to retire there. And it's, it's beautiful because it really forces us to take full-on responsibility for all outcomes, all outcomes of the world, like everything. So it's everything. If I see something on the news and I'm like, "Ooh, that's terrible," up, oh, I gotta, I gotta clean it. I gotta that yeah. which I see exists in me. Imagine that you just say, "Wow, that which I see exists in me." So wherever I am feeling hostility, anger, hatred, judgment, oh, I clean that all. I'm sorry. I love you. Please forgive me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. You keep saying it over and over again. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. Thank you. And when and you feel lighter and you feel like, oof, that energy whoo, just released. And then, yeah. you know, so if it applies to your love life, you certainly can be like, oh, my gosh, all I'm doing is is seeing people out there who all they want to do is just hook up. They don't want to get to know anyone. They they don't that disconnection. There's a disconnection. So then it's where where am I disconnected from me? You know, if I'm feeling disconnection from men and I'm feeling like, whoa, like they don't even want to connect with me on a meaningful level, then I say, okay, Lise, where are you disconnected within yourself? What are some things that you are saying you want to do that you're not following through on or things that you're feeling in your own feelings that you're not allowing yourself to feel fully? And then I start to really be like, okay, let's journal on some stuff. Let's see where I'm at with stuff. So that's it. And then once you Delia's, handle Delia's yourself, your stuff, mom eyes right I'm now. totally giving Carla the mom eyes because I'm like, yeah. oh my, Lisa is such a great coach. Carla, oh, I've been. sweet. Thank you. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm just like, like oh, listen like, to this hello. advice that I've been giving uh, you for. <laughs> no, I mean, it sounds like, it sounds hokey, but like really when we can nurture ourselves and 
use what we're attracting in others as really good data as far as where we're at. Because, honey, I did the same thing. When I was separated from my husband, we were living apart, but like five blocks away from one another. And we were separated for four and a half years. So I was in like marital limbo and I was dating in limbo. So I was bringing that half split energy out into the dating marketplace. So I wasn't fully over my ex-husband. I was still married to him at the time. And I was really looking for that man who was going to swoop on in and sweep me off my feet and I'd fall in love with him. And then I'd be like, okay, no problem. I could divorce the husband. And that's classic, classic codependency. Mm-hmm. So when I started to say, listen, girlfriend, like, Lise, you did that stuff when you were in college. It's cute at 22. At 42, not so much. <laughs> yeah. You got to get it together. You can't, you cannot move a new couch into the house without getting rid of the old one. <laughs> yeah. That's that, the analogy, that, you know? That is what I've struggled with because I, Delia and I both, like one of the things that we say is that we're late bloomers because... I didn't have a serious relationship until I was about 36 years old. And Mm -hmm. that was with a man that I had met like 16 years prior. But that's the first long distance relationship that was, we were committed for seven years and we were long distance. And that's the first real relationship that I had. Everything before that was never serious. I was very kind of stunted when it came to Hmm. being in a relationship with a man. So then after I got out of that relationship, my mom passed away and I started really dating for the first time in my life at 42. Wow. So if we, if we were to coach, like if let's say hypothetically you were my client, I would, I would go way, way back way back, like between ages two and 10, maybe two and 15. And to say like, what went on back then? What were certain messages that were programmed in you or said to you? Or how were your parents? And you know, what went on there? Because we're so malleable when we're that age, that we're just little sponges. And so if somebody has an argument, like my parents divorced when I was three, So when I was from two until three, I thought it was all my fault. They were arguing. My little girl brain didn't understand it wasn't my fault. But I felt you guys were cool. I showed up and all hell broke loose. Right. And it was all my fault Mm -hmm. in my little three-year-old head. I also had a big girl bed and I rolled off of the big – I mean, this is 1973 – Right. Parents didn't parent like they parent now where everything is like rubber and child proof, child proof. <laughs> so here I am in this bed first night, big girl bed. And I'm like a flower girl and somebody's wedding the next day. I don't know. Needless to say, I roll over. I clock my eye on the end table, the nightstand. And I should have had stitches. Now they're arguing. She needs stitches. No, she doesn't. There's a wedding tomorrow. Put some ice on it. Like crazy. 70s parenting. Like it's amazing. I even still have my eye. <laughs> so <laughs> Right. So now they're fighting. I'm gushing, bleeding from the eye. But like, no, it's about you two and about that. So I'm again, I'm in trouble because I hurt my eye. I'm three. I think I'm in trouble. They're arguing. It has to be my fault. If it wasn't for me, my it's that. So I grew up with this three year old inner child who believed she was bad. Then that three year old child now fast forward six years is feeling neglected like her parents are divorced and the only way to kind of be 
safe and in the clear is to stay out of everybody's way. So if you're thirsty, you don't ask for water. If you're hungry, you don't complain. Meanwhile, you're, you don't have a voice. You're, you're starving. You're like, I'm kind of hungry, but I'm not going to say anything. And don't want to that is feathers. abandonment. Don't want to ruffle any feathers. Want to be a good girl. And yet you're starving. So you feel like these people are supposed to take care of me. I'm a kid, but I can't say what I want because then I'll be bad. It's just a mess. So you have all these perceptions, right? We grow up with these perceptions because it's about survival. So it's like, if I'm bad, I don't have shelter. I don't have these people won't take care of me. And I die. You literally feel like a little kid. You're going to die. You don't have your mom. You ever lose your mom at the mall? You flip out because you're like, no food, no home. I'm dead. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you hit 15, you're like, whatever. I'm going to go look at cute boys and hang out at the food court. Nobody cares. <laughs> but it's different when you're little, little, like you think your world is over. Your life right. is over. So when you're when you're coping that way as a child, there could be just things that you see, things you observe, things from TV, different stuff that paints a picture of of how love is supposed to be, how you get love, how your worthiness is determined. And all of those things that happen then shape us so that by the time we're, you know, 16, 20, we start to have our own relationships, we're bringing all of those perceptions with us. Oh, yeah. So, no, I, I mean, I know there are a lot of, you know, do, I mean, I don't know if any of this is resonating with you and, like, the purpose of the podcast. We could, like, keep it light. Oh, but, no. like, that's the... Oh, no. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> Part of the reason why that I wanted to do the podcast was because I, my, when I was a child, I was sexually abused. My father was physically abusive and verbally abusive. I, I grew up in a very violent household. And... My mom got me out of the situation, but she was very damaged. Yeah. You know, angry and bitter, and she didn't get help. Now, I've had a lot of therapy. Delia and okay. I have a friend. He does, like, what is it called, Delia, that he does? Like, biofeedback stuff that, that he does, that work. Oh, what is, what is that called? But anyway, he, he does quantum coaching, and he has helped me through a lot of that, talking through the those stories that we tell ourselves, and Delia mm-hmm. and I talk about one of the episodes was just about the stories that we've created around dating mm-hmm. and around and her being a coach i think gives her an edge it's it's like with her all the time with me i, I think i have to work a little bit harder <laughs> and we she has we yeah. have different goals like she's fine mm. right now just dating and not really looking for a long term necessarily committed relationship right now and i and that's really more what i'm seeking so we're yeah yeah angles too got it yeah yeah but i feel like she's in a much better position to find (laughs) the long-term committed thing because she's not attached to an outcome Um, yeah so that that whole yeah i mean the attachment to the outcome thing is definitely a, a huge part of it um i'm curious to know with the quantum work that you've done if you've been able to go back to that younger version of you as you now and re and reparent her yeah that's some of the work that we've done absolutely yeah all right cool we revisited specific like i mean like like legit go there like go there in that house remembering what you're wearing like the smell of the food cooking like really in it and then be guided to be like okay you see her like you see that little girl yeah yeah, so you did it through hypnosis. hypnosis. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. 
and it and it was okay. pretty powerful. I mean, it's yeah. that's we've gone there a few times. Delia did a different kind of hypnosis with him. <laughs> I did. That was so weird. I I have had hypnosis done before, but it was when I was much younger, and I guess maybe more skeptical. But he hypnotized my ass for what I thought was like twelve hours, and it was like, it was like five five minutes. Oh my god, amazing. <laughs> amazing like i know it's like minutes. crazy did i time travel love that. <laughs> yeah i love it I'm, i you know it's interesting like i've never been actually not true well mm, like legit hypnotized with somebody who wasn't doing it for a magic trick at like a show and <laughs> like yeah haven't had that and want to do yeah, it no, it's, been it's very curious therapy. about it and and it works and i mean it works. i it worked it to help me to help go me back and kind of look at things a little bit differently and I'm still I'm still working on quite a bit but I definitely swear by it I mean I think it's a great way to tap into things that so like there's a way to get there without the hypnosis part and it's it's a method that really saved my behind in 2015 and cured me of codependency and I and I I literally had to Go back to these moments, these flashes of traumas that I had as a kid and go back there as me now and be like, okay, that three-year-old who thinks she's bad and nobody told her that she's good, like I need to go back there and tell her she's good and then parent her. And that nine-year-old who doesn't get water when she's thirsty is told not to ask for anything is able to ask for whatever she wants. And if I'm sitting at the computer, because I realized that anytime I snapped at my ex-husband because I was hungry or hot or in a mood, that mood was me being nine. That wasn't coming from a 35, 38-year-old woman. That lashing out was coming from a scared nine-year-old who felt neglected. And I didn't know that then. So I would take it out on my husband. I'd be like, what do you mean the reservations? They're not seating us. What are you kidding me? What's wrong with these people? I'm starving. Don't you believe that I'm starving? I've been starving for two hours. That's not Lisa, 38-year-old. That's Lisa at nine, lashing out at this beautiful man, trying so hard to get us seated, and me being nine. And, and not knowing how to parent her, not knowing how to go to her and, and tell her in my mind, beautiful love, we're going to sit down soon. Here, in my bag, I have a granola bar because I love you and I never leave the house without food. You know that. I always have your back. You're never going to starve with me. I love you. And developing that level of parenting and nurturing, like I don't leave my house without something to nosh on in my bag because I know... If I get hungry, she's going to come out. So I handle that. And that's a petty, simple example. But there are ones that run deeper, you know, such as. that's very important. Snacks are very important. Totally, totally. (laughs) No, snacks are important. Nurturing yourself. Yeah, because I mean, if you can't do it with the food thing. Yes, yes, that's it. And so when we get to that root of, you know, who's running you in relationships? Is it you or is it an eight-year-old version of you? And then if that's the case, okay, sweetie, eight-year-old, give me the cell phone because I'm texting a guy as eight. I'm not eight. (laughs) But so many women that I coach, I'm like, sweetie, that need for you to to reach out to that guy when when you've had a few and it's two in the morning and you just want to drunk text this guy, like that's you being eight. That's Mm -hmm. not you being 40 years old, mature, 
able to hold down a house like what are you doing and she's right. like you know yeah. what you're right nobody ever explained it to that that way i go and it's not your fault it's not your fault but what we have an opportunity to do now is tell your beautiful little eight-year-old who lives inside of you my love and the there's a way to talk to her sweet beautiful girl may i please have this phone i'm gonna take this off of your hands you're eight you can't be making these kinds of decisions i have you you're safe now and then you take the phone and you put it off and you take off your makeup and you go in the bed and you sit there and breathe with this beautiful eight-year-old little girl and you put your hand on your heart and you're like i'm here for you there's no need for you to text anyone at this time you're beautiful and you're smart and you're a lady and your guy he isn't going to make you feel this nervousness. You're not going to feel this way. I am taking care of you. You don't need him to take care of you. I am yeah. taking care of you. And you're beautiful yeah. and valued and worthy and all these things. And then you drift off to sleep and tomorrow's the next day. But really to be able to like step in there for yourself at all these different times of your life where you can go back and be there with compassion and, and self-forgiveness if necessary and really truly love up on yourself. It's powerful and yet forever changes you. Changes your relationships with your parents. Changes how you approach business. Changes a bunch of stuff in you. Yeah. And that's been the running theme in a lot of the books that I think both of us have agreed with is that we're, in the end, we're responsible for all of it. For our reactions, for our actions, for our part in anything that happens in a relationship we're we're ultimately responsible and when you start taking responsibility then you make better mm-hmm. choices because now you're and the, responsible and the thing is like in like in your case i mean there is legit a little kid in there that is still fearful of men rightfully oh, so oh, definitely absolutely i mean absolutely completely like your and, safety and is in like it's either they're gonna like text me back or kill me or punch me or whatever like there's very you know, vacillating views still yeah, in you. When I, when I meet a man that hmm. I trust and that I feel any kind of connection to because I find it really hard to make those connections with men, when I find it, I hold on for dear life. I'm like so afraid. Mm-hmm. And I know that energy just comes out of my pores. And that's mm-hmm. not, that's terrifying. To, to yeah. Somebody. Yeah. So like, of course no you're way. like, yeah, you're like, oh my God, like you just want to, ooze it and pour it out like oh my god like you're you know kate winslet with the door in the titanic out in the ocean and you're like holding on with the whistle come back right it's that energy of desperation like come find me you know that but you know when we handle that for ourselves and we go be with that little version of us that very scared like you have every right to be afraid but I am going to keep you safe I will always choose wisely I will always know how we are to be treated I will never let anyone have access to you that mama bear over here is gonna not approve of Mm -hmm. and it's you're always safe you're always guided we're always directed never ever do we have to fear I got you no matter what. If you like somebody, great. If you don't, that's great too. Like you can judge it. It's all good. And and the more you get in that habit of just her knowing like there's no need to latch on and cling on to anyone except you. You you latch on to anybody, it's me. You're not a man, me. Because mm-hmm. that guy, he's fickle. One minute he'll like us, next minute no. You need to latch on to the, like you got to get on me. And I'm always here for you. I'll never let you down. That kind of thing, right? Right. And then when you do it, who we attract starts to change. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. when we really truly show up for that version of ourselves. I mean, it could, like I said, it could be 28 years old, a version of ourselves then that had a trauma that you just neglected. You know, a layoff from a job that happened 12 years ago can be enough of a trauma that if not healed can affect people profoundly in business. That's why we see a lot of people who in 2007, 2008, when that crash happened and they like completely lost their careers, a lot of them hadn't, they have not rebounded yet. They, they yeah. scrappy, try to get money and whatever, but they are really in need to go back to that version of themselves when they were laid off and be with that version of themselves and console them and make them feel valued and worthy and smart and loved. And, you know, a lot of times as adults, we equate our worthiness to outside things. Men, mm -hmm. career, money in the bank, weight, appearance in the mirror, wrinkles. And look what ends up happening as a culture. We end up super codependent, addicted to Botox, and numbing with booze and drugs. It's just, you know, a, yeah. a cycle. But when we yeah. do this work and it's brave and it's, you know, it's it's – Climbing your own emotional Everest, really. It's your own little excavation of all the things that make you precious and rare and you. And when you start to look through your little house of yourself and you go room by room and drawer by drawer and you see things in there and know how to see yourself through that and look at it again like it's no big deal. I got you. If you want to cry about it, you could cry. You know how many times women, adult women, are grieving something that happened to them when they were six because their mother said, do not cry. Do not cry or I'll give you a reason to cry. Yeah. And they've kept that split, that heartache in them for all these years. And then when we go back and we find that little edge of what they had and they can be with it and grieve it, they purge it. And it's just like cathartic, super like release. And, you know, there's a lot of other modalities. Acupuncture is another one huge that moves energy opens heart chakra, opens third eye, gets rid of a lot of fears. You know, there's the, um, what is it, energy freedom technique, the tapping. Tapping, yeah. Great that's modality, what, that's really thing good modality. Me is tapping, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I really, I like yeah. tapping a lot. Yeah, and that's the it thing, really you know, you try me. what fits. You try, you try on, totally. And you try on different modalities and see which one works. And, you know, different ones work for different things. You know, the thing that might help you with money anxiety or business anxiety might not be the thing to help with relationship anxiety. It's like different things hit it for different things, you know. But yeah. doing that self-care and, and at least exploring it is a, is a move in the great direction. It's definitely self-loving to do that. So let me ask you a question. We kind of compiled a few questions for you. And I was curious because the show kind of does lean toward good advice versus bad advice. So Delia wanted to know what is the best advice, I guess, that you go by and what's the worst advice? Like, like if it was just one, one yeah, good thing and one totally. bad thing of dating advice. Okay, so best dating advice that I would go by, bare bones, gotta love yourself first most best and always you got to date yourself you got to be your number one own true love always doesn't matter who you meet how what they say what they do you are your number one true love and it's your alignment between you yourself and spirit whether you want to call it god the divine source whatever it's the higher thing that divinely guides you keeps you safe where your worthiness is from 
that's that's the primary relationship yeah, and you make that like number that. one and yeah you make that number one and nobody can mess with you ever that that's how you detach from the outcome when you know your worthiness comes from the divine and not from some dude that's when you're like oh you don't want to see me anymore all right no worries i i'm eternity i'm eternally okay. loved so yeah all good so I like and that. then from the bad advice side is um I would say this bad advice of like, it's a numbers game. Put yourself out on all the dating apps and date as many people as possible. And eventually one will stick. And it's like, hmm, <laughs> yeah, kind of want to like really get super focused on who your person is and then speak them into existence and, and yeah. really watch your words as far as negativity and banging drum of, lack and you want to go into a place of abundance and a place of optimism and like hey if i thought of this guy it's because he exists he's from you know the the ether right comes from the ether it's like crazy quantum you guys get the quantum thing right so here's this man from the ether exists somewhere so boom he's in my head so now i need to journal about him i need to write down like who is this person? I cannot wait to meet you. I can't wait to hear how you say my name, the tone of your voice, how your hand feels in mine. Like really be with that and uh, go out, have fun, eat some good food, chill with your friends and out of nowhere you will meet this person. All right. I'm going to hold you to that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah. I, I know that that's true. That's the thing that we talk about is just manifesting those things in our lives because we believe mm-hmm. that they're going to happen. The, yeah, I mean, I, I in th- two years, three years ago was, three years, we're together three years. Okay, so I manifested a guy from New York at the age I wanted him to be, Yankee fan, Giant fan, from New York City-ish and outskirts, same like me, who now lives in Miami five blocks away, who's also child-free and doesn't have dog allergies. This was wow. my list. <laughs> and people amazing. were like, and I said That's it to my. specific. No, it's specific. And I said it to my girlfriends while drinking rosé, eating salads at like a brunch. And they were like, so, so love coach, you're going to be alone with chihuahuas <laughs> and we're going to come visit you. And that's going to be your life. And I'm like, why? They're like, because you're so specific. That's insane. You live on South Beach. Like, do you not? I live in Miami, Florida, where, you know, you want to talk about geography. There are men here. They're like Peter Pans. They're 54 years old and they're running around chasing 30 year olds, making fools of themselves. So when I met my now boyfriend of three years, significant other, whatever now we call each other. I kind of came at him with a very specific thing. I said, you know, right now in my life, I mean, yeah, I would love to go out with you again. However, I must be a woman of integrity and I really have to be clear with where I'm at. I have to be honest. I am at a place in my life like, sweetie, I am not 40. I'm not even 45. I'm like, dude, I know guys your age. I'm friends with them and I know what they're about and I only know you for three hours. So I'm just kind of just rolling with this. But I am in a place in my life where I would just rather focus on you and only you for three weeks. And if we decide we're just friends, cool, then we can actually be friends because we never did anything shady to each other. But if it works out great, then we just keep going. I don't want to deal with these awful conversations about are we exclusive? Are we not exclusive? Yes, we're exclusive. I'm only seeing you, period. You know, and I just let it fly. And he was like, wow, like, 
I totally heard everything you said. It only makes me like you more. I love the refreshing, here's what I'm about. If it's for you, great. If it's not, I got to bust the catch. Like you're very, <laughs> you're very not attached to any outcome. I know. I said, like literally the words left my lips. I'm like, listen, you're a New Yorker like me. You like the Yankees. You live up the block. If we're friends, we're friends. We'll catch a game, have a beer. It'll be great. But I don't want the drama. Like I'm all about just let's have fun. Let's see where this can go. But like, let's really see where this can go. And he yeah. was all for it. He's like, I love it. I love that you live up the block. This is awesome. Let's do it. And that was it. And I, I mean, three days later, I met his dad. Like his dad came to visit him in Miami. And I was like, listen, dude, I get it. Like if I know what that is when parents come from New York to Miami, it's like you're on parental lockdown for a week. <laughs> so no harm. Like we could put this on ice. We could date each other after dad leaves. All good. And he was like, no, I'm definitely going to see you. I'm definitely going to see you. And by like the third date, we were with his dad. We were all eating Italian food, hanging out, watching the ball game. It was wonderful. And that's the thing, like when it's easy peasy because you know where you're at and you're able to communicate it effectively and you have no attachment to the outcome. You're like, listen, my guy isn't going to get scared off because I tell him I only want to have sex with one person. Right. And, and, yeah. I, and I only want to flow. It's, it's flow. total flow. It just- what yeah. When it's, and it's loving when it's yourself right. first. It's having the it's having that love, that unwavering love of self where you're like, this is my dating style. There is none other one like it, but this one is mine. <laughs> I would like to and point out to our listeners that it probably doesn't hurt you that you are gorgeous, by the way. Delia and I were both. Oh my god, you're so I'm like, sweet. She's like the oh my prettiest god. girl. Oh, you're sweet. No, Thank no, you. I really you appreciate that. Gore- Very kind. Like, wow. Very kind. And let me tell you, there's a lot going on because the end of this month, we're doing this August 2019. If I get through this month, I am officially like in menopause. Isn't that amazing? That's like official, official. Like I'm ready to throw myself a party. Celebrate, girl. I'm ready to throw myself a party. But let me tell you what, the the whole metabolism and the and the body changing and things morphing, the struggle is real, ladies, let me tell you. So I really appreciate that compliment. Trust me. We're all the same age. I had a hysterectomy, so I, my body's doing weird things, but mm. not quite what I thought it would be doing at this point. But, mm-hmm. but I'm okay with it. I'm okay. Yeah, I don't me miss, too. Do not miss the period one bit. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> totally cool with it. And weird because I still, it's weird. Like I still get the cravings and the thing of like, oh, I want ice cream or I need chocolate, but nothing happens. But other uh-huh. things are happening, like crazy hot flashes in the night. Like right now I'm having one. It's amazing on a podcast. How cool is that? <laughs> We're just that hot. That's what we do to people. We I'm glistening. I'm glistening. <laughs> I'm glistening. I'm having a hot flash because I can't have the fan on in here because it makes too much noise. Oh, my God. That's hysterical. It is summer <laughs> after all. It is summer in Vegas. Oof. Oh, my God. Amazing. I was just there like, what, three weeks ago, a month ago. We, we were recording ago, I think. in the studio. Oh, God, it was so hot. It was so hot. <laughs> this whole summer has just been, it hasn't been the worst, but it's been gross. Uh, what other questions, Celia, do we have? Well, I had one about kind of your, it's a two-parter. Okay. So your divorce detox that you did. Mm-hmm. Do you do any kind of group coaching around that? So I've been wanting to start a group 
for all of the programs that I actually have, especially the divorce detox. So the key is really like three or more equals a group. So I'm down. If I, like I've had, you know, a cluster of women who are like, we're all girlfriends and we all got divorced within the last two years of each other. And it's crazy. I'm like, all right, you want to do a group thing? So we did it and it was great. They were all friends. It was it was more fun and more like an excuse for all of them to connect online over the the Zoom, you know, the yeah. online platforms. Mm-hmm. We had a good time. They did sort through stuff. It was fun. I just feel like, though, there is definitely a place for group coaching in this. There's a wonderful support process that happens with that. And I would also advise doing one-on-one coaching at the same time. Because everybody's journey is very different and what you're healing, like a lot of the work I do is very rooted in um, reparenting and, you know, getting back to the root of it so that you're not going to attract the same husband, just a different man with different shoes, but the same person. Yeah. And we see that happening a lot because we didn't really heal the trauma. We just kind of put a Band-Aid on a tumor and we didn't heal the true root of what went on. So we're just attracting the same people to help us heal that pain. So I'm a fan of group with one-on-one breakout support for each person. So to answer your question, I coach mainly one-on-one immersion-based coaching is what I do. But I rolled out two weeks ago a subscription-based coaching option just so people could get to know me, get an introduction to what this world of coaching even is. Because a lot of people come from therapy and they know of that, but they don't know of coaching and they they just want to kind of dip their toe in it so I created this really neat way to do that which is a monthly subscription based option and you pay a monthly fee you coach with me for half hour one-on-one and then you get a full hour of a preferred rate because you're a subscriber rate so you get that and then you also get the nice group component because you get into a Facebook group, a private group, where there are trainings that I do there as a group level. There's information, articles, stuff that I ha- that helped me, things that help other people in that that I share. And it's all part of it. And then you get to network and meet other cool people, men and women too, which is great because then you get to even like meet people and be like, whoa, like guys go through this too. Like this is amazing. And yeah. You know, it's it's cool. It's very cool. So, and it's everything. It's breakup, detox, divorce, dating with purpose. In the end, it's everybody just trying to get to the root of, you know, who is that little eight-year-old, 12-year-old, six-year-old, whatever, that needs them now, all of us, little kids, that we just need to go back there and love up on each, on ourselves. And when we do, we heal a bunch of stuff. So through that coaching method that I offer, it's nice. A lot, a lot of people connecting on in a meaningful way. There's so much there's so much BS on social media with like politics and just people hating on each other. So much meanness happening, right? That there's nice yeah. little it's nice to have this private group where it's just love talk for success minded people. Everybody's in there from ages twenty four to fifty four, sixty even. And it's just this community of people who are like, I just want to have positivity around me and be empowered that I'm not alone and that, you know, we all have our stuff and we support one another working through it. And when we do, great things happen. Excellent. I love that. And then when you were talking about going through the divorce and kind of rebounding with someone and trusting your intuition again, Mm. 
what advice would you give listeners kind of exercises or something? Because I went through that too, like getting that trust back in yourself. Mm-hmm. So important. The best way to do it, and I always say to people, you get divorced or go through any kind of breakup that really hits you. I mean, there are breakups like you meet some dude and you date for three months and you're like, all right, whatever, it wasn't a fit, I'm out. And you don't have that <laughs> emotional like anguish, you know, where you can't eat. And that's that. When it when you go through the bigger breakup, that bigger severing where you feel emotionally you are missing a limb, like it's big, big breakup, absolutely refrain from any kind of dating, any kind of anything. I mean, I'm a fan of like my detox personally. It was 90 days curfew. Like I was out with friends and home by 10 o'clock. And it was, yeah, and it was no dating anyone. It was gym, nutrition, self-care, meditation, self-help books, online programs, seminars, workshops. Like you told me to take an egg and put it on my head and jump up and down. I'd be like, will it make me feel good? I'll do it. (laughs) I was so into my self-care. And then I knew I was, I knew I had transformed. I knew something in me had shifted in my mind, the wiring, because at day 90, I just grew to love my solitude so much. I just found this place of peace and I didn't want it disturbed. And I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to go another 30 days. And if at that point I'm meant to date again, I'll feel it. I'll trust my judgment. I already know that I have connected to myself in such a profound way and I've healed so much in this 90-day process that I trust myself now. I know if, it's, if I don't feel it, I'm not doing it. And um, yeah, and it was it was perfect because when the time came finally to date again after all that turmoil, all that, you know, the divorce, the post detox, the whole thing. And I said, you know what, I'm going to go another 90. Finally, I mean, 30. When I got to that place, I said, okay, you know what, I'm ready to date, but show me somebody fun. I'm, I'm all about the fun right now. Let me just dip my toe into the dating process again, just by having somebody fun. And I met a guy 10 years younger than I super fun but after six weeks of that I was like you know what I'm ready for the real deal and I let him loose I went back inward didn't have a guy waiting in the wings nothing I went back alone again and I just did like this really nice meditation and you know every day journaled for 28 days and like had fun and just went out and just kind of got really clear on who I wanted I wanted Like I told you, ladies, the 54-year-old Yankee fan from New York who was going to like hang out and be cool and like not have kids and be okay with my dog and like all these things. And I met him. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe when I met him and I I sat down next to him and I said, hey, what are you doing sitting all by your lonesome? It's such a nice night. And he goes, have a seat. And I said, great. He said, do I hear a New York accent? And I said, you sure do. Why? Are you from New York? He's like, yes. I'm like, this is great. And then we just kept talking. And then and then I'm, I'm like in my head, I'm like thinking of my post-it of my man, like all these five key things, right? And he's like, okay, check, uh, check, check, right. And then and then I'm like, what do you do for fun? And he's like, well, I travel a lot for work, but I'm like, oh, but I love going to the beach. I'm like, oh, I love going to the beach. Why? Do you live close to the beach? I live walking distance from the beach. Me too. Where on the beach do you live? He's like, I'm on 15th and Bay. I'm like, I'm on 10th and Ocean. We're t- 10th and Alton. We're totally, f- we're like, oh my God, we're neighbors. Check, 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 check. <laughs> and he's handsome and he's in shape and he's nice to me and he's a gentleman and he's not interested in 30 year olds. 
I'm like, wow, so check it out. Like, you're cool with, like, hot flashes and, like, the fan going off and on and on and off. Like, <laughs> God bless you. How nice this is. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, anybody can find their guy at any time. You just have to really believe it, believe you're worthy of it, and be ready for it and open to it. And then it comes. I'm ready. I'm ready. I love it. Yeah? Good. <laughs> nice. You got I'm it. definitely ready. And I just, I think, like, doing this has just kind of helped me realize the work that I still need to do mm -hmm. and that I don't need to do. And it never ends. Like, you know, it never ends. No. Yeah. No, because that's another thing we yeah. talked about. But then like you know where it comes from. Mm -hmm. Right. But self-care and self-love and all the, those things don't go away once you find a partner. You still have to do all of that work. You don't just stop. Mm-hmm. You don't just stop. Yeah, and you want so them you to do it too. Because listen, I I, well, yeah. I got me, you get you, and then together we're good. Yeah. Because then that's when the codependency comes in. When somebody else is depending on me for their happiness, oh, you're in big trouble, honey. I'm a self-absorbed person. I love me. I have to look out for me. I come first. I'm sorry. But I'm, I'm giving myself all the nourishment and the filling up my cup so that when it spilleth over, I can share a happy full person with you. I'm not bringing empty cup to the table saying, hi, boyfriend, fill my cup. No, it's Lisa's in charge of Lisa. You're in charge of you. We get to spectate one another in our quest, in our evolution, in our awareness and all that. We get to root each other on in our growth. But ultimately, the growth, the self-love is the self-love, right? It's us to cultivate for our, our own because that's when we value it. Our connection to source, the divine, that's you can't borrow that from somebody and that's right. where everything is that's the fuel yeah. and then when you bring that to somebody else and they bring it theirs to you it's magic it's awesome it's like I don't need to look at my phone every 10 minutes to be like where is he he told me he would text me he did not text me like you're like whatever bro like roll how you roll like <laughs> all is well I'm rolling with source you think <laughs> I care if I you text me like no I love you right. I love when I get texts from you it makes me mushy in my heart but I don't need it to live well, and that's the big, the big for a codependent, former, former, hello, like me, to, to be to a place to say no that. More. Oh, my goodness. Codependent no more because I was, oh, I was bad with that. Ooh, It was as if I, I didn't feel myself unless I was with someone else. Unless I had somebody else's reflection upon me, I didn't know what I, what I was. It was like yeah. floating. Yeah, Crazy. We're all in that. But, yeah, we're all in that trap. Mm -hmm. that's, so yeah, tell but people... Then, get the hang of it then you're like oh no this isn't what it's about that's fake right <laughs> tell our listeners how to get a hold of you mm. so you can find me at lovequestcoaching.com that's the main website with all the blogs and the whole what I do how I help the people on there I have some fun free audio downloads for pretty much every relationship issue <laughs> <laughs> that you can download yeah. for free. I have, um, yeah, yeah awesome. I have like a self-love. Yeah, thank you. I have a self-love guide. I have a getting over a breakup, rekindling your relationship. Yeah, so there are a few there. You can help yourself to that. And then, of course, on Instagram, I am at Lisa the Love Coach. And I have fun content there with videos and posts and very uplifting, but kind of with a New York tinge of sassy <laughs> to it. <laughs> Very no BS, very straight talker. And we will, yeah, straight we'll up, straight up, no BS. We'll include links. Thank to you. I love in that our, in our show notes. 
too. And I love that I have friends now in San Diego and Vegas. Yeah, yes. please come and visit. Mm-hmm. You love and if the you chicky peas, <laughs> absolutely, and the high fish tacos. Oh, hello, I know. They're hello, best, best. All of our Mexican ever. food in San Diego. I, I have to say, I, I've it, eaten Mexican food on all the borders, and I, I think we have the best Mexican. We do have food, the I'm best. Sure. It's outstanding. So, so that's extraordinary that. that I have friends now in the Vegas, and in the San Diego. Yes, and I. And we can be in touch. And now we could all be in touch. Oh no, you I've need to come to Miami. Miami. Oh my God. Oh no, yeah. No, I've never so. been to Miami either. Well, we might it's have it's yes. it's quite the uh, experience, I will say. Yeah, no, it seems like a city that I would love. So I'm, it's definitely on my bucket list for sure. Phenomenal. Well, you have a friend in Miami. Find me for sure. And we're on, um, you know, you we're all together on Instagram, so this is fun. And hopefully, yes. we serve the people well in this episode. I think we did. Yeah. What do you think? I, I hope so. I, I hope great. so. We're probably going to just do an extra addendum to our episode rather than because now we're going. I mean, this was great. We went yeah. over an hour. Yeah. So chop this awesome. sucker up. Totally. Yeah, sure. Chop it up and give it nuggets. It's awesome. For Love sure. that. Mm-hmm. Lisa, thank you so much for spending time with us today and for giving us all this feedback and for our listeners because I know a lot of them are like us they're out there they're trying to figure themselves out they're trying to to find love and i think this was a great conversation i am so grateful that i found you beautiful ladies and i'm hopeful we serve the people well and just everybody love up on you better than anyone ever could or should awesome amen to that girlies i love this what a delightful conversation thank you so much thank you girls thank you bye bye Landry Man Podcast is a subsidiary of nothing and is produced in association with no one other than Carlinell and Delia Knight.